Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast. This is a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass Copywriting Course. How many times can we say copywriting? I know. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter too, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. So in the last Hot Copy podcast, we shared some copywriting tips to help your clients build trust and credibility with their audience. One of the techniques we mentioned was getting testimonials. And we think it's so important for your business that it deserves a pod of its own. So as usual, we like to start to make sure we all know what we're talking about and that's a testimonial. So a testimonial is a public tribute to a person or a business. Now we're not talking about anything as dramatic as something from the Hunger Games or a Tenacious D song. It's essentially a review and more often than not it's a positive review. The reason testimonials are super important is because they show potential clients that you've worked with other people like them, that you've solved problems for other people like them and you did it so well with any luck that they think you are awesome. Sean D'Souza of Psychotactics, who I'm a big fan on, explained in one of his podcasts that the quality of your testimonials and the type of clients that you're actually featuring determines the types of clients you attract, which I think is a really interesting point. Kate, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I've built my business off the back of my testimonials. I think that, you know, generally testimonials are a powerful way to build trust. And we covered this in our podcast last week. And I think, you know, from a practical point of view, when I'm about to buy something uh, like a book on Amazon or I'm planning a holiday and I'm looking at TripAdvisor, I generally kind of skip the product description. Sorry, copywriters. I just, I skip the hotel, uh, you know, description that they've provided because obviously, that's written by the seller so it's going to be super positive um instead i jump to the reviews because they give a much more honest and impartial view and i guess i trust the reviews to tell the truth more than i do the product owner and uh i found a little report a nielsen report from 2012 called the global trust in advertising survey and it said that 70 percent of customers trust online reviews even if they're from people they don't know So when you display testimonials on your website or whatever marketing material you've got, potential customers are going to trust that they are an honest representation of your services. So as well as boosting credibility, they can also help improve your services. Um, So like if you ask a client to write up why they enjoyed working with you, you're kind of reinforcing in their head what a positive experience it was. Um, They also good for other things. They can help you generate more content. You can put them on your product pages. And obviously, they are good for boosting SEO because there are more words on the page about you, your products, and your services. It's a win for everyone, right? It's a win-win-win. I love that stat. I mean, we love a stat on the pot, we? love we? a stat. And, you know, thinking about, you said 70% of customers trust online reviews from people they don't know. And it's exactly, um, we used to only trust the people that we talk to face to face but thanks to social media and the connectivity of the online world we now trust that from strangers as well so that obviously that reinforces it I love that stuff so in the pod today we're going to step through some techniques on getting great testimonials like how and and when to ask for ask for them how to use them in the marketing what kind of questions you should ask um 
So let's start with how to get them. Now, I've often found that a blank brief, you know, just can you please write me a testimonial, write me a review, makes most people break a bit of a sweat. And I think it's the anxiety of a blank page. But, you know, something uh, I worked with a client, Susie Daphnis from the Australian Business Women's Network, and she said she actually got nervous trying to write a testimonial for me because I was a copywriter. And she was worried that I was judging her words, her writing as well. So I've always found that giving people... Maybe a sample of other testimonials can help or having a fill-in-the-blanks situation. Um, you could even call them and interview them, um, which is great for interviews. And I know you're gonna, we're going to talk about video testimonials a bit later because you're the boss on video testimonials. Um, but what I actually settled on was an online survey. So I would ask a series of questions and then piece the answers together um, or maybe even nab some great quotes from email exchanges. So how do you do yours, Kate? Yeah, I think um, kind of similar to you in some ways. So I have a pre-formatted sort of template. So I have a whole range of email templates that I've mentioned before um, that I use to just make my process really simple. So I have a set, please can I have a testimonial email that I send out and it kind of says, you know, I'd love to get your feedback on working with me. Uh, this will, you know, not only make it my services even better, but they'll help improve my marketing. Would you be willing to answer a few questions about your experiences with me and how, how awesome you thought I was and then I kind of provide them with a sort of partially written testimony with lots of blanks so I employed Kate to help with project I chose Kate because reason um you know and I even put like adjective adjective Kate is an adjective adjective copywriter <laughs> I um, love it that, yeah it seems to really work um but also um Sometimes I do what you do. So if somebody writes, often when you send the copy deck, uh, you'll get an email straight back saying, oh my God, this is so awesome. I loved working with you. Thank you so much. And you're like, can I just use that as my testimonial, please? So I will just shoot an email back saying, can I use that as my testimonial? And people will be like, yeah, great, go ahead. You know, so if, if something spontaneous gets spat out by your client, I think you should totally ask if you can use it. I think that's absolutely fine. Um, I also, when I ask for them via email, um, I give the client lots of different options where you could, they can post them. So obviously they could just send that testimonial straight back to me, which is great because then I can cut and paste it onto my website or whatever. But what I really want them to do is to post it in other places because then I can have it on my website and I could have it on my Google My Business page or on my True Local Reviews page or on LinkedIn. So it's like two two testimonials doing their goodness out in the universe. Um, so I often give clients a couple of options. You know, some people panic when it comes to Google. Most people have a Facebook account and you can log into True Local with your Facebook account and, and pretty much everybody's on LinkedIn. So you can ask for a recommendation on LinkedIn. And that just, you know, means that you've got a couple of instances of your testimonial out there. Of course, if it's too hard and they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, don't push it. Just ask them to email it back to you and just be happy that you got that testimonial. Um, another thing I do, and I don't know if you do this, Belinda, but I always ask for a photograph to go with the testimonial. Um, generally, as I said, most people are on LinkedIn and they have a profile shot and that's kind of, that's public domain. You know, it goes into the Google search results. So it's kind of anybody could grab that off Google if they wanted to. I always think it's a good idea to ask for their permission, but LinkedIn profile pictures are kind of 
open to the public. I wouldn't be going, even if you're friends with them on Facebook, I wouldn't be going and stealing their pictures off Facebook. Um, but always ask the client if they have a photo that they're happy for you to use because that makes the testimonial more real. You know, not only are there words, there's a face. And then what I also do is provide a link back to them, to their website uh, or their LinkedIn profile again. So that not only, again, reinforces that this is a real person with a real business, but it means that if the client, the potential client wants to contact them, all they need to do is click through on that link and they can get in touch with them directly. So that's my thing. Testimonial, get them to publish it on a third-party site, a photo and a link, and it's kind of the magic combination. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Um, I, I have to admit with photos, that's something I've just started doing recently. I would often put um, maybe pictures of the website work. Um, say, for example, if I'd written a website, I'd have photos of the website homepage, a link to the website and the, the business owner's name. And I think that, as you said, like an image, um, the testimonial and a name and a link. I love that linked back to the LinkedIn profile so they can get in touch. That's really smart. And as we're saying, the more information you have, the more real the person is. So it's not just a made-up review. Yeah, exactly. And I love um, the Google My My Business and the True Local and LinkedIn because only the originator of the testimonial can post those. So that makes them even realer. How do you? Is there any SEO benefit from doing the Google My Business reviews? Um, look, there's not that you know. Google has never said that there are that they impact ranking. It would be too easy a metric to abuse. You know, you could just go out there and get 500 people to write your review by you know using some kind of service on Fiverr. So it'd be too easy if if that was a metric that pushed your business up the rankings of local search. So no, I don't think it impacts that. But what I do think it does is I think it has a huge impact on click through. So as you know, with the blended Google results, often a couple of local results will be sort of in the middle of the natural search results like usually it's three um, and you know they're not just on the maps page like they used to be they actually are pulled into the standard results if you've done a search with a location in it um, or even if you haven't sometimes it just pulls them through so you know you see those three reviews one of them has 108 five-star reviews and the other one has no reviews at all which one are you going to click? So I think that the reviews have that, that's kind of a positive thing. And just getting back to your photo and the image thing, another thing I think that's super important is that people want to see themselves. You know, we've talked about this when we're doing features and benefits, you know, understanding customers and what they want and who they are. If I go to a site and I see someone, and I'm not necessarily saying they've got the same haircut or they look like me, but I see someone and I read about someone that's in a similar situation to me and has a similar lifestyle and they've used this product and service and they enjoyed it, then I'm more inclined to believe that and to, to, to go with that. So that's why I think a, a photo of a physical person can be more powerful. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that licks bank into um, the the comment I mentioned from Sean D'Souza, the kind yeah. of people you feature will be the kind of people you attract. And that's exactly what you're just saying. Yes, I need to put more easygoing, happy, unfussy client photos on my site and then I'll get lots of those. That <laughs> yeah, that's what we all want. That's exactly Thanks. right. <laughs> so um, when it comes to where you put your testimonials, I generally, I put them on my website, I put them on social media. Um, you know, we talked about LinkedIn, we talked about True Local, Google My Places, plus like that. You know, sharing 
stories because this is what these are this is this is a story of someone's experience with you um you can put them in regular social media posts because i usually post them when they when i get them because i'm usually so excited that I want to share them straight away. But I try and have a regular rotation of reviews and testimonials that I share on social media as well because it's great content to share um, and it reinforces the idea of this continual success that's happening. You know, I have, I guess I'm a little afraid of asking people to share in, in so many places with so many platforms because, you know, like we mentioned, LinkedIn needs the author to share them and True Local, they need to be logged in and stuff like that. So I guess I'm afraid of asking people to spend that much effort. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to be bold and I think the best thing to do is strike while the iron's hot. So maybe a few days after delivering the final draft and, you know, needless to say, <laughs> you know, it, the beginning of a relationship when the project is, you know, not quite finished is not the time to ask at all. And, you know, I think, you know, you have to judge which clients are more likely to give them to you. Some clients, you know, if they've been a bit apathetic through the whole process, they're not going to go out of their way to write three reviews on three different websites, you know, whereas others, if you've really, really got on well and it's been awesome, they'll, they'll find that no problem to take 10 minutes out of their day to do that for you because, you know, a lot of the clients we're working with are also small businesses and they understand that, you know, these are hugely important. So I find... You know, if you ask, you, you quite often get. And I, and I think, like, you know, you can ask a couple of times. So you can be like, hey, you know, will you give me a review? And then you don't hear back. And you're like, hey, maybe a week later, how did you go with the review? Did you have a chance? And then I'd kind of leave it, maybe. I wouldn't ask again because it's getting a bit pushy. But then I think maybe it's fine a month or so later to come back and say, oh, you know, it's been a while since we've been in touch. Wanted to check in. How's everything going? And, you know, by the way, did we ever get time to write that review? People are busy and they have lots to do. And I don't think you should necessarily take lack of action as lack of interest. You know, m most people will be like, yes, yes, I must I must write that review for Belinda or Kate. And then they just forget. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's nothing wrong with a couple of reminders. What I, I mean, I have um, a whip sheet for all my clients. And, um, you know, once I've finished the job, I move them to another tab in the sheet. And then I mark that I've asked them for a testimonial once, twice, and then the third time. And after the third time, I kind of give up. Um, um, but I, you know, it's something I, I actually keep track of because I think it's that important, you know. That's incredible. I had no idea you did that. That's really smart because. Yeah, sometimes I'm super organized. I know I don't sound like it. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm organized. You're right. I mean, it is worth following up on because um, exactly as you said, lack of action doesn't necessarily mean lack of interest. Um, and But, you know, making it as easy as possible, I think, is really important because if you want people to take action, you do want to make it easy. And using some of the techniques we've already mentioned, like giving them a template or asking them questions, um, it helps them overcome that kind of anxiety around the blank page. So that kind of leads into what kind of questions would you ask one or should you ask to get a great testimonial? Um, I think I've recently changed the questions that I ask in my testimonial uh, because a really, really positive testimonial is awesome, but we're all naturally sceptical. So we all kind of like take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, and again, Sean D'Souza, I'm a big fan. I read his book, The Brain Audit, and he was mentioning six questions to ask. And one of them was, what was the biggest barrier that might have stopped you buying? Which is really interesting because when you ask about the challenges that led them to you and, and things that might have stopped them saying yes, 
you can weave that into the, the testimonial. And I think that's something that people really identify with. So if they're not going to say yes to your product or they're thinking about it and there's something stopping them and they read a testimonial that says, mm, I was a bit nervous about this, then that's a really strong point of connection. So it's actually, it's worth asking about a barrier or a challenge that might have stopped them saying yes. And then move into things like, um, what did you find as a result? What were the benefits that you experienced as a result of working with me? Would you recommend me to other people and why? And maybe another question could be, what surprised you about working with me? You can, with all these really positive questions, you'll hopefully get a rave review. But if you have that one kind of what was the challenge you were facing and, and maybe what, what might have stopped you saying yes, that can really balance it and, and make a stronger connection with a reader, I think. I think that's genius and it's, you know, it's not really something I'd cottoned on to until recently um, and I've tried it with my um, e-course for the recipe for SEO success because, you know, it, it's, it's, price is the biggest barrier I know for that course. It's an expensive course when compared to some of the other, um, other ones out there, which obviously aren't half as good as mine. Obviously. Obviously. But, you know, so what I've done is I've done exactly what you said there. So I've said to people, you know, what were you concerned about before the course? What, what was your, what, what, what nearly made you not buy it sort of thing? Um, and, you know, therefore I've had testimonials which kind of go yeah I was concerned about the price it was a big investment but it turned out to be the best investment I've ever made in my business and I think if I hadn't asked that sort of slightly negative question I wouldn't have got that super positive response and it's kind of as you said so much more real and yeah, um, me too me too yeah, and I, I mean, I generally think shorter testimonials work better. Um, if you do get a long one, you know, don't be afraid to edit this a little or take the bit that you want to use and put it on your website. You know, you're not obliged to use the whole thing exactly as it comes. Um, what I like to do is I also like to pull out one key line from the testimonial and highlight it or bold it or use it as a, as a header above the testimonials. You'll see if you go to um, the Recipe for SEO Success homepage, I've kind of got the, the kind of best line and then the whole testimonial, then the best line and the whole testimonial. Um, I also think there's no harm in editing out errors and grammar mistakes. Um, and I think, you know, often I'll say to clients as I'm asking for the testimonial, don't worry, you know, just get something down. I'll tidy it up and make you sound super fabulous, you know, and that takes the pressure off as well. So, you know, if the review is really badly written, I think there's nothing wrong with going back and saying, thank you so much for the testimony. I hope you don't mind. I made a few little tweaks. Um, are you happy with me to use this? Uh, and, you know, again, then. Not going to go, no, put my typos back in. Um, but that said, the odd, I'm not saying you should rewrite them and make them perfect. I'm saying you should remove typos. Um, mm. Because, you know, the, the, the poorly written or the, you know, the really honest, rambly testimonial is often the most powerful. I had one really long uh, review from somebody who did the course that was like, you know, it was, it was a whole page of a review of their why they were you know questioning whether they should do the course and had their journey through it and what they learned and their epiphany moment and how it's changed their business and how, and it was fantastic so good that I actually turned the entire testimonial into one of the sales emails in the run up to the course like the whole email is just that one testimonial because it was that good so you know edit them generally I think tidy them up generally but don't completely change them and, and make them perfect because that kind of defeats the purpose yeah 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I often find that clients or, or students feel a bit chuffed that I've made them sound so great because sometimes yeah. there is that, that anxiety that we're talking about of going, oh, I hope this is okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get my answers from my little questionnaire and I edit them together and sometimes I pull in quotes from those emails as well. Um, and I'm more than happy to edit the heck out of a testimonial as long as I'm using their real words and I'm keeping the intent of what it is they're saying. So it's just adding a bit of polish, but as you say, not making it sound too perfect. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I, I love the long ones because of, uh, because of the story that they tell, but you've just got to use them in a, a bit of a clever way. So yeah, you know, you can have a little excerpt on your testimonial page and then use the longer one in your blog or in your sales email or stuff like that. Um, so, you know, using them on your website, some of the themes you can get, I know for WordPress, my old website, I had a testimonials page, but I also had little sections all over the website where it kind of randomized the testimonials that were displayed, which I thought was quite cool, but I couldn't actually, it was a lot more difficult to get exactly the right testimonial for the right service displayed. So my new website, I just have one testimonials page and I just manually put testimonials on things like landing pages and and my course page and, and stuff like that. So it's a little bit it's a little bit more manually edited in that way. It's not randomized. Um, but I think having testimonials spread throughout the website, not just on one page, is a good idea. What what do you think, Kate? Yeah, I agree. And I too, I don't like the randomized ones. I don't like the ones that kind of rotate through three or four as well. I think, you know, you can get those ones that are like a carousel because the truth is no one's going to sit there and wait for that carousel to go around and read them. So you're actually, you know, basically they may see the first one. They'll never see the other two. Um, and I agree, you know, you, it's about choosing the best testimonial for the best page so you know you don't want some random one coming up about how you're a great blog copywriter on the video script copywriting page you know pick yes. the best one for the best page and you know also have a balance you know like so I try to have a balance between males and females you know on my site so it doesn't look like I'm you know all about just writing copy for women or writing copy for men and I try and balance out the different industries you know so it's, there is a bit of art to it so I have a testimonials page as well and then I, I use them throughout the site on pages as well but one thing I've been doing a lot recently partially because I just love playing with that tool is making them into little graphics and memes in Canva so you know I set up a simple template with some, a little bit of branding and a little photo and then I take a quote maybe that one line that I mentioned before and I turn it into a little um, meme and then I can share that across Twitter, Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Instagram as well so I make sure they're all 1080 pixels by 1080 pixels and then I can share them in lots of different places as well because it's another form of content um, you know and I think if you follow that whole 80-20 rule of, of social media sharing sharing that you know 80% of it is just useful and entertaining and interesting and then only about 20% is about you I'd probably say even less like 5% is about you so you're only sharing those quotes you know once in a blue moon maybe once a month or once a fortnight I think that's fine if you're sharing them every day people are going to be like all oh, right already you know too much we know you're awesome stop telling us yeah that's exactly right and I have to say I love your memes <laughs> I just, you've started, I've mentioned before that I, I consider myself a little bit graphically challenged, but I really am. Not anymore. I, you're totally into it these days. I know. And that's, you've inspired me to kind of at least try and get some of this content 
into tools like Canva and not try and overthink the graphics. But, yeah. you know, they are fantastic to share around on social media and stuff like that. You're always yeah. striving to find content to share and it's exactly. just a nice little way to do it. Yeah, another thing that I've been doing recently as well. Sorry, there's such a tweety bird in the background, people. I love it. I love it. The Toon Cave is like, it's in the middle of like the bird Piccadilly Circus. They all gather on my roof and, and tweet and it's quite annoying. Um, so I apologize, but it adds a bit of atmosphere to our podcast. So I hope you don't mind. Um, but yeah, another thing I've been doing is adding them into emails, not in the body of the email. Um, so like I'm doing a mail out once a month for a site. I just put one at the bottom, one of those nice big meme graphics uh, at the bottom, you know, about recipe or about copywriting school or whatever. And again, it's just another little piece of content and a bit of visual interest um you know and if you canvas so easy that anybody even belinda weaver can create gorgeous <laughs> graphics and we're not working for canva and we're not affiliated but it is it's a pretty easy tool i challenge anybody to not be able to create something good out of that yeah i agree if, if <laughs> i can do it people if i can do it <laughs> and so you know going back to this idea of maybe longer and shorter i I kind of like longer ones, but they are a bit more cumbersome because of what I said before, they tell a bit more of a story. But I think they work better for more expensive products. So you and I both have courses and they, they're not a small amount of coin. They're a big investment, but they're investment in self, people. Investment in self. <laughs> <laughs> but I think longer testimonials, can help with those more expensive products because people need a bit more of a story. They want to get a bit deeper into the journey and more importantly, the transformation. But as you've said, Kate, you need some short little snappy lines sometimes that you can share around about the place. I often yeah. share the longer reviews is as blog posts as well. Yeah. Because- I mean, I must admit there's a very... I don't think it's an American trend. I don't know why I'm blaming the poor Americans, but, you know, the super long sales page with 742, you know, 300-word testimonials on it. And you're just like, for the love of all things holy, I get it. It's yeah, great. I'm not you know, reading so I, it. <laughs> uh, I think I think people really can overdo it. And the problem is, is if, if there's too many too long ones, people just don't read any of them at all. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, if you've looked at, I think both of Belinda and I, if we've looked at the sales pages for our course, Courses, we do take a, a sort of slightly shorter is sweeter approach. You know, they are the long sales page format, but we don't do it to death. You know, you, you don't get wrist strain from scrolling and scrolling to the bottom. So I do think it's a balance between the two. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Do you use um, testimonials in your proposals? I think you've mentioned that you do that before. Yes, absolutely. So as part of my behemoth of a proposal document it's not really a behemoth but I you know I introduce myself and I uh, outline uh, the project and the scope and the services and all the inclusions and I have my terms and conditions and a wrap-up and part of that whole sell on paper is including testimonials in my proposal template and what the testimonials that I choose um I choose short ones or I edit long ones down into short ones and I have them for a range of industries, just like you said, Kate, a range of industries and I also have them from different years in my business because oh, I want to show people that it's um, I'm not just awesome last year, I've been awesome <laughs> from the get-go. So that's another thing you can do <laughs> to, <laughs> to 
mix, you know, mix up male and female, mix up industries, but mix up the years as well. Um, and then, you know, of course, putting them on your sales pages, putting them on your services pages, all the moments where people are weighing up whether they're going to choose you or make a purchase, that's where you need a testimonial that says other people made the right decision and they feel fantastic about it. Yeah, exactly. I also, in the very first email that I send out to clients, you know, maybe they've rung or they've just got through my contact form. Again, I have my pre-formatted email templates that I use to death, Uh, you know, and it kind of has, you know, here's my, here's my availability. This is roughly what it's going to cost. And here's my testimonials page. If you want to read what other people have thought and here's how I've got a how I work page. So even that first ever email, even before I do a proper proposal, um, I'm already pushing my testimonials onto them (laughs) yeah I think it's smart because sometimes all it needs is just to mention hey just go and have a look at this page they click through and they're already impressed so let's let's talk about video testimonials now because I have never asked anyone for a video testimonial and you do this really really well and I think I'm just a fraidy cat about asking people for them so I want to get your tips on this yeah, I mean, look, I haven't actually done that that many. I've, I tr- I've tried a couple of different ways of doing it because, you know, obviously I've seen video reviews on other people's sites and they can be amazing. If they're done well, they can be fantastic. But obviously the issue is, is they're really hard to get. It's hard enough to get people to write you a testimonial, let alone share it on blooming LinkedIn, Google Plus and whatever. But to ask people to be on camera, I mean, oh, that's most people's worst nightmare. So um, when I did the first round of the course a couple of the people on the course you know had a kind of they were they were not colleagues but they were people I knew from around the tracks they were copywriters who I'd heard of and they just volunteered to record two camera video testimonials awesome. and were, which was great it was really kind of them um you know back scratching I'm sure they were hoping I would turn the favor one day and I'm sure I have um but they were two camera and they, I'll be honest, and it's no disrespect to the two lovely people who gave them to me, they were very stilted and like, my name is Susan and I did Kate's course and it was really good, you know, because they're terrified and they're not used to doing videos and the lighting was bad and the camera, was, it was, you know, they were just, they were good, but they were bad. So this time I did a little, I did something a bit different. I was doing a group chat because I do like group coaching calls like you do on my course. And I use a platform called Zoom, which has this fantastic feature where you can have everybody's little heads, like the Brady Bunch, like it's little blocks above each other. So what I did was I just said to everybody, you know, did you enjoy the recipe for SEO success e-course? And I just went, Daryl. And it, the camera switched to Daryl and Daryl said, yes, I enjoyed it because of this, this and this. And then I went, Claire, what did you think? And I just went around like that and it was really off the cuff and they just said something and it was really natural and it was fun and, you know, we were kind of laughing at each other. And then I compiled it into a little video and it's like, it's my favourite video of all time. Now. I've totally watched it and it is fantastic. Have you watched it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks, um, But yeah, no, I think it worked really, really well. And at first it was like five minutes long and then I edited it right down because again, you know, people get bored. So I think, you know, what I've been, what I think is a good way to get video testimonials is, you know, do use something like um, Skype or Zoom to chat with your clients, you know, get them used to chatting on it. So maybe when you're doing a briefing or you're, you know, you're talking about amends, do it face to face via a, a platform like Zoom or, or Skype. And then maybe at the end, and it won't seem so unnatural 
to say, oh, let's just have a wrap up call. And at the end of the wrap up call, say, hey, guys, you know, um, would you mind if I just asked you a couple of questions? And just and then they say, yeah, they answer the questions and say, hey, would you mind if I just edited that together and turned it into a little video testimonial? You know, it's exactly the questionnaire kind of or fill in the blanks but in video yeah. it's making it easy for them and I think yeah and you know genius. if people are being just asked a question they'll, they're going to respond and it may not be perfect and it may not be polished and they may say afterwards oh god no don't use it but it's worth a pop because you know I think one video testimonial is probably worth about 10 written ones so even if you can just get one or two they can be they can be really great you know and even you can sell it to the business you know we talked earlier about adding a link to the business's website with the testimonial, which is good for them. It's SEO juice and all that. But you could sell it to them as an opportunity to promote their business. You know, clearly if Bob's Plumbing gives me a testimonial, I'm going to be sharing that video everywhere. It's going to be on all my social media platforms. It's going in my newsletter. So Bob's Plumbing has just got in front of 5,000 people that he wouldn't have got in front of. So, you know, you can do it. You can do it that way or as I often do, and I think it's the best way, you just say, you know, come from a place of complete honesty and say, I'd be super grateful. And, you know, some people will say yes and some will say no. But, you know, it's worth worth the try. Yeah, I just, I think this idea of interviewing people on a video call is genius. And I'm definitely going to try and do that a bit more um, to try and get that face-to-face. And it just takes the pressure off someone having to script something because then it turns into a production. So oh. you just want to take that off the table and go, we're just having a chat and we're on video and I'm going to record it and it's all good. It's nice and easy. And if you, you know, if you brush up on your iMovie skills, you can put, get the white balance all sorted and make them look really hot as well. And then they're grateful because they're like, wow, I look so hot in that video. You can use that as much as you want. Yeah, so I'm hot and I sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's all anybody wants out of life. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh, so let's uh, let's wrap this up with some some kind of last tips and let's just make sure we've covered this baby. So, you know, we're saying that ego stroking never hurts. Giving people some link juice, making them look good and sound good and being honest and grateful for their testimonials. Um, being bold and asking people is really, really important and at the point where they're feeling really awesome about your skills, which is usually the end of the project. Um, getting permission to publish any quotes that they've given you is really, really important because some people are happy to give you a review of your service, but they might not want anyone else to know that they've actually hired a copywriter, which has yes, come up. That's very important. I think that's a really good point. I actually have it in the terms and conditions that I, I, I have on the, on the copywriting school site that it's kind of a proviso that the client is happy to have them, you know, their brand and then mentioned, you know, mentioned the fact that you're working with them. Um, and, you know, recently a client went through those in details and they're like, you know what, I don't really want everyone to know that I had a copywriter. I'd rather think that I did it myself. And that's like, it's cool. That's totally fair enough. Not everybody does want that out there so yeah that's a really really good point don't just take whatever they've written and use it you have to definitely ask Mm. and then we also talked about making it super easy so you might have a questionnaire for them to fill out you might have a fill out the blanks form you might do a video interview but the idea is to make it as easy as possible so it's a no-brainer for them to tell you how awesome you are (laughs) did I miss anything 
No, I think that's a really good wrap up. Yeah, I think I think that's testimonials done. Done. So let's end the show as we have been doing in 2016, and I love this. And that's a shout out to one of our listeners who have left, who has left us a fantastic review. And this week I have chosen Gemma King, otherwise known as the Wellness Editor, great friend of the show. She's a lovely lady. And she says, outstanding quality podcast from two very talented ladies. Kate Toon and Belinda Weaver know their stuff and deliver it with style, sass, and that all-important humor. Love the outtakes at the end of each episode. There is true gold in every podcast. So thank you very much, Gemma. Thank you, Gemma, the wellness editor. You are awesome. And thanks to you for listening. If you do like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and Stitcher. You can do both. Um, (laughs) Your review helps other people find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show just like we did for Gemma. Now, you can also head to the hotcopypodcast.com website, leave your comments on the blog post for this episode, and you'll also see the show notes in which we've included tons of links. Um, We've got Kate's testimonial page, my testimonial page, um, the Brain Audit, which is Sean D'Souza's book that I mentioned, and some other very useful uh, resources on how to get amazing resources, how to get amazing testimonials for your clients. So, So, thank you, Kate. Thanks, Belinda. Until next time, happy writing. Well, I got a snotty nose, so I'm trying to sound perky and upbeat. Not <laughs> you always sound perky and upbeat. It's terrifying. <laughs>